airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in uh, to hear us talk about the current events, current mm-hmm. cultural events, yeah. and uh, filter those events through um, a biblical lens. That's what we try to do every That's time right. we talk about what's going on in the culture. We look at the story. You know, here's the story. Mm-hmm. And then we ask some questions. What does the Bible um, have to say about this that informs how we live? And um, mm-hmm. hopefully that becomes as natural to the Aaron the audience airing the Addison's audience. (laughs) Boy, that's so easy to say. Um, Anyway, hopefully that becomes as natural (laughs) to you (laughs) as breathing is what I'm trying to say, that as you listen to us um, talk about these things and uh, do this on a regular basis, that this becomes natural. That's the aim. The aim is that we go to the Bible first. We're not looking to see what our commentators who we like have to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, we go to the Bible first and, you know, prayerfully seeking out, man, do we have a point of reference for understanding how we live and mm-hmm. how we engage and how we resist temptation in our culture? Yeah. And and remember, when we're talking about temptation, that's not limited to sexual temptation. There are all types of temptations that are out there that are really trying to grab at your affection, grab at your loyalty. Um, but we must have fidelity to Christ and to the word. Amen. That's where we must find our loyalty. That's where it's got to be anchored. It, isn't um, it amazing to you that we have the very, um, I was thinking about this the other day, the very word of God. <sighs> but yet one of our first inclinations is to go to, you know, some other source or like try to, you know, fix things or figure things out on our own. It's mm-hmm. like we don't really realize <laughs> what we have, you know, and we go for the downgrade. You know, exactly. it's, it's pretty crazy. I just, it's you know, I, I, I know it's, it, it is wild and it's, it shows how much we don't recognize what we actually hold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't recognize what we actually hold. I had a conversation with the kids the other evening. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading a Ken Ham article and I thought it was so fascinating. So I decided to bring it to them and read it and then have some discussion around it. Right. Mm-hmm. Just taking these opportunities where I, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, whoa, this is a cool article. And um, and so I, I, I brought it out and I was reading it to them and then um, asking them questions around the article. And and then I asked them a question, um, not knowing if they could answer the question or would even recognize the difference mm-hmm. um, in, in, in the question. And so I asked them a question. I said, if someone says to you mm-hmm. um, that the Bible contains the words of God, mm-hmm. right? Versus uh, saying that the Bible is the word of God. Um, is that person saying the same thing? Are, are you, you know, is it the same thing to say that the Bible contains the words of God and to say that the Bible is the word of God? And man, they paused for a second. And um, JD got that professor look on his face, kind of like, hmm, you know, he does. He puts his uh, finger on his chin <laughs> and um, he was like, that sounds like it's the same, but I feel like it's not. 
You know what I mean? That sounds yeah. like it's the same, but I feel like it's not. And I was like, okay, well, let's stay here for a second. Let's let's think about this. What what is it about that statement? If I say the Bible contains the words of God, what is it about that statement that is different from saying that the Bible is the word of God? Mm. Boy, it was kind of quiet. But mm-hmm. you have to let that quiet kind of rest for a second. Yeah. Let yeah. them process. Like you have to, if, as you... Um, as you're equipping your kids and as you're training your kids, it's okay for them to process, right? This is Mm -hmm. a part of learning where they have to like, Hmm, how do I, I'm trying to figure out what exactly the difference is. And, and as a teacher, you're okay. If they get the answer wrong, that's an opportunity, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't want, you just don't want them to stay with with the wrong answer, right? It's okay. If they get the answer wrong, you want to, that's an opportunity for you to know what the deficits are so that you can fill in the gaps. And so as we were sitting there and um, it was quiet for a minute, uh, I, I was kind of measuring the quiet. Like I was surprised and they were really processing it, the big three. And then um, finally, J.D. said, um, you know, I feel like it's different, but I'm not really sure how to explain why it's different. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I said, that's OK. That's yeah. good. That's OK. So now we're not going to stay here. So I said, if I say that the Bible contains the words of God, what does that imply? What am I also saying? And so I think it was Mariah who said, well, it would, it would imply that you're saying there are some things in the Bible that are not the words of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, now <laughs> we're cooking. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. So then I asked the question, I said, so, so if there are some things in the Bible that are not the words of God, are we then subject to those things? Do we have to apply those things? We have to live by those things. We have to learn from those things. And they're like, no, no. So then do we get to kind of pick and choose what we want? If we say the Bible contains the words of God, like, can't we just pick those words that we like that we want? You know, this is from God, right? Mm -hmm. Or this is what Jesus said. So, you know, this is the part that we really need to focus in on versus versus what the Holy Spirit revealed to the Apostle Paul in his letter to Timothy, that all scripture is breathed out by God, mm-hmm. that this is the word of God, um, that the things that were written for a for written aforetime were written for our learning. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as we're talking about this and man, I could I could see the light bulb going off. And my question for them was then. So is it dangerous? Is it dangerous to downgrade the Bible to where we say it contains the words of God. And then JD was ready, right? <laughs> like now his, now the switch has been turned on and he's like, yeah, yeah. Because then that means that you don't have to apply all of it. You don't have to listen to all of it. There are part, parts of it that you can reject if you don't see it as the word of God. So based on what you read in scripture, my question to them was what's more accurate? or not more, what's accurate? (laughs) What's Mm -hmm. accurate? Is the Bible the word of God or does it contain the words of God? And we agree based on scripture that the Bible is the word of God. Now, having said all of that, how much more should we endeavor to apply 
what is applicable to our lives, learn from the lessons that are there that are written for our learning, right? Walk according to what we see in scripture, avoiding the things that scripture teaches us to avoid. Look, because not every character in scripture, we're supposed to model our lives after Mm. some of those jokers. We're supposed to be so far away from how they lived. Like, I mean, (laughs) come on, right? Like you're like, come on, that's not, we're not, no, we're not doing that. You understand? But it all is written for our learning. It is the word of God and all of it profits us. All of it profits us. And so you would imagine that if you've got that much richness, if you will, right? Like for some of us, you know, and our families, I mean, just ask us for a translation. We have it for you. What kind what what version (laughs) do you want? I've got it for you. Right. I have it here on my phone. I have it there over on my device. I have it over there on that shelf, over there on that coffee table. But we never open it. Hmm. We never access it. And so then when we come across like these, you know, cultural occurrences, we kind of don't know how to deal with them. But look, I just believe I and I say this all and this this is not um, this is not false humility. This is the truth. And, and, you know. Sometimes I, I, I wonder, man, you know, well, will people listen to me if I really just just tell the full truth? You know what I mean? Will people <laughs> even want to tune in? Is it, you know, I'm not I am not a scholar. Right. I'm, I'm not a scholar. Like mm-hmm. I there are times that I'm looking at things that are going on and and I'm and I'm going, Lord, I don't I don't understand how to process this. Yeah. And so I'm praying. And the Holy Spirit will remind me of scriptures. The Holy Spirit will bring to my mind scripture. Mm. And so then I turn to the scripture. And as I'm reading the scripture, the Holy Spirit begins to teach me how to navigate what has happened. Amen. Now, I don't think that I'm God's favorite. Right. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think that he's like he's like, you know, yeah, nobody else. Mika, just you. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that this is what is available to Christians. Amen. This is how this. In fact, I just cannot. I don't know God. Right. In 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 to to be one who would deny us our genuine desire to honor him in our daily living. Nah, I'm not going to give you that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just don't, yeah. I don't see that. So then it says to me that we are not seeking him for that. Mm. We are not asking him to teach us that. He will teach us that. He will give us that conviction. He will help us to navigate the culture. We don't have to be like tossed back and forth. We don't have to be guilted for things that we cannot control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. So anyways, I try to take these opportunities to train and to disciple our children. And I look at what's going on in the culture and I take our responsibility here with this program very seriously, very seriously. Constantly, I'm I'm asking the Lord to to help us. You know, how how do we encourage our brothers and sisters in the Lord because we read what's out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like you're reading what's out there. Right. And we're angered by it. We're frustrated by it, mm-hmm. just as you're angered and frustrated by it. But we also know that you tune into this program because there is a trust that we've built with you 
that you expect that not only are we going to look at the current cultural events, but that we're also going to turn to the word of God and say, how do we navigate that? Yeah. And so we want to do that today. Um, wasn't really sure what to call this program. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, thought about it um, anyway, but here's what, what I feel like I <laughs> wanted to settle on. And you can tell me if it works or not. Okay, Will the Great. Okay. <laughs> your, da- your daily surprise. What are we calling this? <laughs> that's, that's sometimes the question I get. What are we calling this? Um, so here's what we're calling this today. They want us to flip tables for them. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, I like it. You like? Okay, okay, okay. They yes. want us to flip tables for them. Yes. Right? So, so the cries for justice and the cries for Christians to put in the work um, and to move past, we, we talked about this, we're going to go back to this article. This article provides a little bit of a backdrop for what we want to talk about, but more than the article, I want to look at the scriptures, right? Um, the call from the, from the article was that Christians need to move past racial reconciliation and move on to uh, racial justice, mm-hmm. racial justice. So in, in other words, they want us to put in work. It's, it's time to, st- to stop talking and start doing. And again, and I said this yesterday, or I asked this yesterday, what is it that you want us to do? What is it that you want us to do? Right. And so I've come to the conclusion that what they want is they want Christians to flip tables for them in culture. And what do I mean by that expression? Okay. Um, now, now look, they don't want you to flip tables in God's house. Mm-hmm. Nope. You can have all kind of craziness going on inside the church <laughs> and they don't care. They want you to come out into the culture. They want you to be mad at what they're mad at. They want you to, they want you to use their terms um, as they have defined them. And they want you to have a certain indignation as you come out into the culture, you know, mm-hmm. out of the household of faith. They want you to come out into the culture and they want to give you your rage. They want to give you your anger mm-hmm. and, but they need your strength. Okay, they need your actions. They need your movement. And so they want you to be mad as they've told you to be mad. And then as a result of that anger, they want you to flip tables. Right. But what what we want to do today is we want to have a conversation around where we as Christians (laughs) are supposed to flip tables. Okay. What is supposed to anger us and produce the greatest action in us? The Bible, (laughs) believe it or not actually paints this beautiful picture it's a it's a picture that juxtaposes how christ responded to the culture to the political environment that he was in versus the household of faith Mm. versus the house of god and it's a we're gonna have to get to another side of the break okay i'm gonna (laughs) grab the break aaron the addisons please please don't go anywhere aaron the addisons american family radio we'll be right back Welcome back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Dizzle with Greater City. I guess that's featuring Chris Tomlin. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. 
Uh, Sherry V is over in Studio CC. We'll try to open the phone lines up in the last segment of the show. So I'll move quickly through mm -hmm. um, this portion of the show. Uh, so just so that we have some context for the reason that I'm exploring this is because I'm constantly asking the question out loud and even in my own head, what is it that the world is asking Christians to do? Mm. And what is it that Christians who are sympathizing with the moment that the world is having, what are they asking other Christians Which to are, do? Which are great questions because you you feel like the, the pressure or like it's like the church needs to be doing something. The church, you know, and one of yes. the answers were, was like they need to be marching. Yeah. Uh, with who, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think that's a question that a lot of Christians have. And so, you know, I think that there are, um, several examples that we could look in, um, the scriptures and find mm -hmm. of the church dealing with the church's issues, right? When there are issues in the church, the church, uh, responds to those issues, mm -hmm. the, um, the widows being overlooked in the daily distribution of food, yes. uh, the Hellenist mm -hmm. uh, Jews, widows being overlooked um, in Acts chapter six. Right. So there's a problem in the church. The church responds and deals with that problem. Mm -hmm. OK. Um, notice that the cry is not like everybody all over there. They're having a problem. And mm -hmm. so, church, what are you going to do? It's no, we're having a problem. What are we going to do here? That's um, right. And 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 I'm, you know. <laughs> So we can apply what we know mm -hmm. about God here mm -hmm. in our context because we all agree that his word is the final authority. Amen. Okay. All right. All right. Come so, on, man. <laughs> um, okay. So in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, mm -hmm. um, Matthew's gospel presents um, a sandwich of events. A sandwich of events. Okay. So imagine you got the two crusts of bread and then in the <laughs> middle, pick your filling, whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> in the middle, there is this filling of um, Jesus's interaction um, in two, well, three different scenarios. Two mm -hmm. of the scenarios are similar and that would be like your bread. And then the one scenario in the middle um, is different. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that because I want the body of Christ to be thinking about where our greatest... Um, action mm -hmm. needs to be directed. Right. And right. and if if we're going to be outraged over things that are wrong, if there's injustice, mm -hmm. then first and foremost, our attention needs to be on the household of faith. Come on. Like, is that happening in our midst? Come on. That's our first question. Mm -hmm. That's that's the securing of your mask first. Okay. So here here are these uh, three stories, and and I'm going to go a little bit out of order because remember we're looking at two pieces of bread and then what's in the middle. So we're going to go one in, the other in, and then go back into the middle. Look okay. at the filling. Okay. All right. So in Matthew chapter 17, mm -hmm. Matthew chapter 17 verses 24 through 27, um, Peter is questioned about his teacher paying the temple tax. Mm -hmm. All right. So every adult Jewish male had to pay this tax every year. And um, Peter is questioned about whether or not Jesus is going to pay this temple tax. So here it is. Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 through 27. I'll just read it here. Uh, when they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? <laughs> he said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first saying, what do you think, Simon? <laughs> From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax from their sons or from others. And when he said from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the fish, the first fish that comes up 
And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. So there are at least two things that Jesus teaches Peter and by extension us. Okay. In this particular scenario, number one, first thing that he wants Peter to know is that he's not bound by human regulations or Mm -hmm. institutions. (laughs) That's the whole thing about the Kings and the sons, right? right? Basically he's like, look, I I don't answer to anyone. Okay. So that's what he's, it's, it's really, it's really amazing. Isn't it like, you know, right. That's, and it's very emphatic. It's very matter of fact. Okay. Um, and, but you know, still with the Birkenstocks on. (laughs) Okay. Everybody got me. All right. So, so, so he basically, number one, Jesus is like, he's not bound by human regulations or human institutions. But number two, the lesson to Peter and by extension to us Mm -hmm. that we should keep the peace and not on, not offend unnecessarily, Mm -hmm. not offend unnecessarily the institutions that we exist in. So we're not going to, ah, ah, it's oppressive. I'm shaking this off. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're going to pay the temple tax, Mm -hmm. even though this has no power over us. Like we're not, you know, this is, this is not um, what we have to answer to, but we live in these systems. So we will um, submit to these systems. I, I would wonder if this is what Peter has in mind in his first letter as he's reminding or teaching the church that we submit to authority, that we submit to those who are in authority. Right. Um, Jesus doesn't have to do this. He chooses to do this so as not to offend. Right. This is um, this is making peace. Some people will call it keeping peace, but making peace. Now, I'm going to skip over. Another scenario that that's Matthew 17, Mm -hmm. another scenario in Matthew 21. I want to skip over that and I want to go to Matthew 22. In Matthew 22, um, there's there's another incident of collecting taxes. Okay, and again, the context of this is there is a seeming sort of um, oppression that is connected to this. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to pay this? Like, you know, and, and, and are you Jesus also going to pay this? But this one is different because this particular setup, which is, man, it's, it's amazing to me. It's a, it's, it's a, it, they try to get Jesus in an entanglement, (laughs) like not to, you know what I mean? Like they, they try to get Jesus in an entanglement. Like it's true. And, And, and as funny as that is culturally now, but they try to set Jesus up with asking him about paying taxes to Caesar. Okay. And let's read it and then let's unpack it. And then let's talk about what this has to do with our current calls for, you know, put in the work for justice and, and what do you do about those who are oppressed and, and what's supposed to be the reach of the church for, for this. Okay. So this Matthew chapter 22 um, verses 15 through, through 22. All right. So then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. <laughs> they tried to get him an entanglement. Okay. <laughs> Verse 16. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. That's going to be important. I'll come back to that later. Along with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to, uh, I'm sorry, let me, let me read that again. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus was aware of their malice or Jesus aware of their malice Mm -hmm. said, 
Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? <laughs> Again, still with the Birkenstocks, okay? <laughs> Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, therefore, render or give back, give back is, is what that actually means. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Verse 22, when they heard it, they marveled and they left him and went away. <laughs> so what is the entanglement that they're trying to get Jesus in? Right. So the Pharisees and the Herodians come to Jesus. These guys are actually political opponents. They actually don't believe the same thing. So the Herodians <laughs> are those who are, um, they are um, sentimental or they are empathetic toward Rome, right? So Herod is like the figurehead. He's the king. He's the, mm-hmm. he's the one that the Romans say, yeah, you rule over your people. He is he, not really in charge, right. but the Romans have given him, you know, the some in power. charge. So he, yeah, he's little, got some power. Yeah. Okay. So the Herodians are the people who are sympathetic to Rome because they, you know, yeah, they oppress us, but they also, we got that power, power. You know what I mean? <laughs> so to speak. And so then you have the Pharisees who despise the Roman oppression. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so they are not sympathetic toward Rome. They despise this poll tax. Okay, they they hate it. They feel that it is oppressive of the people. It's taking advantage of the people. And so they team up together. Isn't that amazing? They give away. Come on, man. They, they, they are actually political opponents, but here they come together, <laughs> snaking it out together. Right. And they're like, ah, we're going to get him. And, and, and this is how we're going to get him. Mm-hmm. Because if he says, don't pay the tax, then we can peg him as an insurrectionist and he's going to upset the Romans. Mm. Yes. But then the Pharisees are like, but if he says pay the tax, Mm -hmm. then the Jews will despise him because because that's oppressive. (laughs) He's supposed to be setting them free. But look, he's saying, no, stay under that yoke of oppression. (laughs) Right. And so Jesus and who is God is well aware of this, obviously. Right. And Jesus demonstrates to his followers in this moment that we live in a constant tension in the world system Hmm. that we, as much as we can, as much as it depends on us, we want to keep peace, right? We want to live in peace with people. So, so we're going to submit to the governments that are instituted by God, these governments, these people who are in positions of power, they're in positions of power because God's placed them there. Romans 13 teaches us this. Either we're going to believe all of the Bible or none of it. Right. And so God has allowed these people to be in these positions of power. And so in as much as what the governments call on us to do does not go against the word of God, Mm -hmm. we submit to it and Mm -hmm. we do that for the glory of God. Amen. But now in that there is the right understanding that man, they're overtaxing these people. Mm -hmm. They're oppressing these people. Isn't this the moment where Jesus should step out and be like, no, we don't pay a tax and you don't (laughs) pay a tax and you don't resist. (laughs) Nope. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He says, give to Caesar. What is Caesar's give to God? What is God's? But now let's go back to the filling of our sandwich. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in Matthew 21 verses 12 through 13, Matthew 21 verses 12, 13 and Luke 19 uh, 45 through 47 is the same event that um, Luke gives an account. I think of, okay? John 2 as well. So so John 2 happens 
before okay. Matthew 21. So okay. here's what's interesting, okay. right? Because I was, no, it's true. Because I, I was like, wait, how many times Does this did happen? Jesus Does actually this? go into, like, you know, <laughs> so twice, <laughs> okay? Mm. So which was, I was fascinated by so this. Two separate times. So this is two separate times. So John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22, mm-hmm. you have um, the Lord. This is after he turns water into wine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and he goes into the temple and he sees the wickedness that is taking place in his father's house. And, and John chapter 2 is where he actually braids the whip. Yeah. Right. Is where yeah. he actually, this is so, and, and this was, man, this was so important <laughs> for us to explain to our kids because they had a hard time about the anger. with, yeah. yeah, they were like, man, why is Jesus flipping over tables? Like, it just seems mm-hmm. like he lost control. They were like, it just seems like Jesus is out of control. And so to, to point to the fact that here is Jesus braiding this whip. He didn't just fly off the handle. Jesus chose and did <laughs> what his righteous indignation warranted. That's right. Okay. And, and this is important for our conversation and culture today, right? So where is the greatest um, upset and where is the greatest resistance supposed to be levied when it comes to the Christian? It's supposed to be that our righteous indignation and mm. our righteous anger is most fiercely Come directed on. when there is an attack on the church. On the authority on. of God's word, on the order and the structure of the church. This is why we're also saying all the time, hey, guys, hey, but what's happening in the household of faith matters more. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's defend the gospel. Like, look, these people are infiltrating. How do we keep this out? So it's not that we just don't like CRT, that we're trying to keep it out. We're saying, oh, no, mm no, we're we're this is and, and look, and even some of our conversation that leads up to the rejection is sort of like our, you know, we're. We're braiding the whip. We're not mm. we're not just about to fly off at the mm-hmm, handle here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but we are saying we're gonna reject this foolishness. Yeah. You're you're not gonna come in and upset God's house, right? So look at what happens with Jesus. And again, Matthew twenty one, mm-hmm. and you can you can pick Matthew twenty one or you can pick Luke chapter nineteen. But Matthew Matthew twenty one, verses twelve through thirteen. The Bible says, And Jesus entered the temple. And drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Mm. And so when I read this, you know, I was thinking about how there's there are all these calls for us to get out and do the work, get out and march, join hands with people who hate God, join hands with people who are committed to undermining the things of God. Um, They they want us to have this type of indignation. What we see with Jesus here in the temple. Mm -hmm. Um, They want us to have that kind of indignation for unrighteousness. So in other words, they want us to say, you know, there's a man who um, abused a woman And the police show up to arrest him and he has a knife. All right. And um, the police shoot him uh, several times in his back. And so what the culture is saying, hey, Christians, come, come flip tables because of this Hmm. justice for this criminal justice for this criminal. And, And if we don't if we don't get their buttons if we don't use their hashtags and everything, then, then then they say, you see, you guys aren't serious about loving people. You guys mm-hmm. aren't serious about justice and mercy and care. No, 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 no. We actually are, but not on your terms. Not on your terms. 
The Bible gives us clear parameters mm-hmm. and we are to stay within those parameters for the glory of God. We're not going to flip tables for you. We're not going to flip tables for wickedness. <laughs> That's what you want us to do. But we will flip tables when you try to bring it into the house of God. Mm. We will flip tables. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. say this because this is not I'm not I am not advocating for inaction on the part of Christians right Mm -hmm. because we are supposed to be salt and light so we are supposed to stand up and tell the truth right and and there is one truth there is God's truth right and so we're supposed to do those things but I think what we are in the midst of right now is that there is this call, this, this almost demand that like, you don't have, it doesn't, you didn't have to really be true. You just, if we tack on the word justice Mm -hmm. or if we tack on mercy or, you know, whatever, then the Christians are supposed to show up, you know, the, the Christians are supposed to respond. But if you look at these, these two moments that kind of sandwich Jesus's, um, response in the temple, Right. So you've got the people are being oppressed. They're having to pay this tax, um, this temple tax. The people are being oppressed. They have to pay this tax, this Roman poll tax. Um, And and in both situations, Jesus is like. Pay the tax, Mm -hmm. pay the tax. You you know, look, I'm not subject to this, but so that there's no offense, you know, pay the tax. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you've got the people who are being oppressed at the house of God. They're being charge these like exorbitant fees to purchase their sacrifices there to go for worship. And Jesus is outraged by this. And, and it's like, you know, you, you would think, well, I mean, you know, oppression is oppression is oppression, but it's different. We're talking about God's house here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We are talking about the glory of God being maligned in a culture that surrounds this, this, this temple, God's household, right? So we are, as Christians are living for the glory of God. So yes, there are times where we stand up and we speak out and in our country, the, um, the system that we live in, right? We actually can petition our government. We actually can elect our representatives. There are things that we can do when there is injustice. And mm-hmm. so my question then, and I, I, I've asked this question before. My question is, what laws do we need to change still that oppress people in this country? Right. Because here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to flip tables because people made poor decisions, could not delay gratification, and are in situations that they have chose because they just wanted to live their own life and then they don't like the result of those choices. And then now I'm supposed to say they're oppressed and then I'm marching, <laughs> right? Like I'm not, I'm not going to flip tables because people um, are, you know, 
doing things that they should not be doing. Mm -hmm. And then they have the consequences for those actions. Mm -hmm. Right. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to say, but justice, justice. (laughs) I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, I'm I'm not about to flip tables for Michael Brown. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? But our culture is not making a distinction about where is where there are actual injustices. For example, for example, what about the justice in cities where murders are common, but arrests are rare? Do you know that there is this and I I was looking this up last night because it just came to my mind. I was thinking about this and thinking about what we were going to talk about today. So it came to my mind last night and I I was thinking about like that there are cities in the United States of America that they have hundreds of unsolved homicides, hundreds of unsolved homicides. Right. And The Washington Post, in fact, had had an article back in 2018 where it looked at different cities in the United States where there are these particular pockets in these cities where they have homicide after homicide after homicide, but there are no arrests made. Mm. Why, why don't we hear calls for justice for those victims? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we have people saying, you know, bring them to justice, bring them and. Instead, we don't have that. As it is, what we have is a code of silence Mm. that's normalized. Like, nah, you don't snitch. Mm -hmm. You don't snitch. And in fact, I was reading this article and it says that the law enforcement officers say that the communities think that they don't want to act on their behalf. But the law enforcement officers say that the communities do not want to participate or cooperate in investigations because they are afraid. Yeah. In one of the one of the stories I was reading about, um, one of the law enforcement officers pointed to a YouTube video where in this community they have regular homicides and um, and the gang members produced a YouTube video uh, that was basically a warning sent out to the community. And it was a in the video, someone being set on fire because they apparently were a snitch. Mm. I think if I'm remembering correctly from the article, it said the, the title of the video was We Won't Tell. Or we don't tell or something like that. So the 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 clear message is, you know, don't don't tell. Don't don't say anything or or, or you're next. Mm-hmm. So so what is what is what's my reason for bringing that into the discussion? What is the question that I'm asking? I'm asking if we really want justice, shouldn't we want justice, period? Like yeah. that shouldn't shouldn't we want justice where a person has been on the receiving end of injustice. Don't we want justice for that person without regard to the color of their skin or to their zip code or whether or not it's going to help our ideology? Don't we just want justice? No, and 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 what I keep coming back to is that, nope, that's not what we want. We want to control the conversation. We want to tell you what you feel outraged over. Right. And then we want to call you to our terms. I wrote back in 2015 about Tashawn Lee in Chicago. Man, I didn't I didn't see a big hashtag movement justice for Tashawn. Like, no, you know, we, we, we couldn't talk about this kid because he wasn't. And I mean, kid, I think it was like seven years old. We couldn't talk about him because he wasn't murdered by a white police officer. No, he was murdered by his dad's rival gang. <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah. 
but we can't we can't cry out for justice for him because it yeah that's just not what we're so so here's what i'm saying finally and i don't we'll open the phone lines 888-589-8840 888-589-8840 the world keeps demanding that christians bring a table flipping type of anger to their context Okay, they set the agenda, they set the tone, they tell us how to feel. And then but they they, it's like they're like, um, you know, all you have to do is add the Christian outrage. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like, um, I don't know, it's like a a box of cake mix, (laughs) you know. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're like they they want you just add the water. Like right. we we have everything else in the mix. You don't really need to know what's in the mix. I don't don't worry about it. We package it. We you know don't worry about it. You just you provide the water. <laughs> and far too many Christians, far too many Christians are doing this. They are allowing themselves to be manipulated and to feel like they don't care. Yeah. They're feeling guilty. Right. They're they're allowing themselves to buy into the narrative. And and then what they do is they, you know, take that. That's what the water. They carry the water and then they go out. And then when the culture has decided we don't have any use for you, then they turn on the one who carried the water. Right. You haven't. And and you'll never be able to do enough. You'll never be able to feel enough. You'll never be empathetic enough. You'll never be sympathetic enough. You'll never give enough. You'll never feel or express or hashtag enough because that's not what they want. That's not, they, they always are going to be moving it. It's always going to be changing. Remember that when we are talking about Marxism, we are talking about a perpetual underclass. There all, always must be someone who is at the bottom. Mm. Always someone who is at the bottom. And how do you do that in a society and in a culture where we keep trying to improve people's lives? We got to keep digging to make sure that there's a bottom. You can never improve people's lives. And in the thing, too, in, in the flipping of the tables and, and turning that stuff away from the, the, the church. Well, what would be on those tables would be CRT, would be come all on. those things that, that would come, come in to try to divide the household yes. of faith. You know, yes. would be all these teachings and from that that, that stem from yep. the world. You know, to be brought in on to to use as tools. You know, to help understand on, racial, all that stuff. Would, that's the stuff that would be flipped out of the, out of the church. That's that, look. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm we here should for that. flip out. Yeah, I'm here for that. Like if if you know, Mika's not going to flip tables for you. Um, I'll flip tables on you. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not going to flip tables for you. Right. But if you're trying to bring that trash into the household of faith, into the body, into our community, man, I, I feel a responsibility to flip tables. And so like, the zeal no. and the passion that Jesus had <laughs> for the, for the church or for the, yes. you know, we should have that same zeal when we see these things trying to try to come in, you know, we should have the, the same passion and zeal to push this stuff out. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Robert in West Virginia. Hi, Robert. Hi. How are you doing? All right. Uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm great programs. I, and, you know, when, when we're talking about flipping the tables, that to me was Jesus taking the church out into the world, not letting the world come into the church as we all as Christians are supposed to be doing. 
Now okay. he knew he knew he knew who he knew who his enemy was, mm-hmm. and it was actually his own people, the Pharisees. And he knew what was coming down the road, that they were the ones that had him put on the cross, and the Romans did the act. And he was doing exactly what we're, we are supposed to be doing too today. Instead of allowing these people to bring that world into our churches, mm-hmm. yes, we are to be taking our church out into the world. And if we were doing that, they would not be coming in and trying to do what they're doing today with that law they're trying to pass tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And and look, thank you so much for that, Robert. I appreciate your comments on that because, you see, those are the kinds of things that the church needs to be watching for. Right. <laughs> right. Th- those are the kinds of things where we need to be rallying and saying, hey, do you understand that this has happened? Do you, do you see what's going on? Do you understand what kind of tidal wave this would be for the body of Christ, this, this so-called Equality Act? These are the types of things that we need to be talking about. As it is, we can't because it's, it's, you know, it's not an in vogue conversation. Hmm. Robert, thank you so much for your calls. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Amanda in Texas. Hi, Amanda. Hi. I noticed that everybody got on on talking on the, I'm sorry, my Bluetooth is still hooked up even though I tried to get it to not be, um, I noticed that everybody's mentioning the flipping of the table. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. The last caller uh, pretty much said what I wanted to say, but I want to add to the fact that, you know, I'm not so sure we live in a constitutional republic anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, you know, after everything that's happened in the last several years, you know, I'm not so sure that we can elect representatives. I'm not so sure. I've lost complete faith in uh, any of our systems. And you are so very correct that, you know, in a lot of communities, it's, you know, snitches get stitches. And right. what do we do about those people? And a lot of this does fall on the Christian community. Had we not been silent? Had we not sat back and just allowed these things to happen as they've been going on and getting worse and worse and worse, you know, in a lot of places you can't even sing in church or go to church still. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, let me let me just say something. I just want to encourage you. And I don't think that you're saying this um, in total, but I just want to encourage you. One, our faith was never in these systems. And, And I think I know what you mean. But I just want to I just want to encourage you. Our faith was never in the in these systems. We wanted to be diligent. Right. We we've been blessed to live in the kind of um, political system that we live in. So we want to be faithful stewards of Mm -hmm. that. But our faith was never in that system. That's one. And two, if I can just encourage you, um, I really think that there are a lot of people who will anticipate that Christians who um, have a, a, a moral view of, of, of the world, right. That Christians are no longer going to vote, that they're going to be so just frustrated and, and, and they're going to just be out. Um, I would encourage you, um, to not let that be true of you. And I would encourage that to all of our listeners to not let that be true of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Will the great, let's try to squeeze in one more. It's gotta all be right. 30 seconds. James in Oklahoma. Go ahead, James. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll say this real quick. Um, this whole like woke thing, I noticed where Coke, uh, Coca-Cola mm-hmm. is having to deal with their employees, and and I think that 
this is probably going to be one of them issues that they're going to try to hammer everything they've got against us, you know, mm. because they know it's such a fine line between all this and they can pop off whatever they're trying to pop off in order to get their their side winning, you know, and stuff. But, the, I mean, Coke's got quite a bit of money coming behind it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so that's all I was going to say. Thank you, James. Hey, look, James, no, I appreciate it. Um, You... You know, I in situations like that, I'm like, sometimes we just have to take a break from <laughs> our favorite drinks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just, you know, you just, you have options. All right. Um, until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.